back to ginger flicks i'm joey and i'm josh and josh we are continuing with our little i guess festive uh extravaganza (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't know where to go with this really our marathon of holiday movies our marathon of holiday movies i guess i guess you can call it that sure so last week we started off with die hard which, you know, some people will argue it is a Christmas movie. It isn't a Christmas movie. Whatever. This movie that we did. Either way. Either way. Either way, it's awesome. But this movie that we did, there is no argument. This is 100% a Christmas movie. And Josh, what movie did we watch? Is it a hundred? Yeah, I guess. It's 100%. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> we watched Christmas Vacation. Yes, National Lampoon's Christmas National Vacation. National Lampoon. Who is National Lampoon? It, it what was, is National Lampoon? It was a magazine. Oh. And then it became... And then they started making movies. I think there's oh. like a connection to Harvard. Or something like that. Like, I don't know the exacts. I think you... Yes. I yeah. think I've heard something like I that. I think like there's a, something like that. that. Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. Sure. Now, this was Harvard material. Oh, t- <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny that you mentioned that. But if you go look at it, like most of like, especially National Lampoon's early work, right? It that's where it's I guess it's best stuff because anything after a certain year is just not good anymore. But as far as National Lampoon's like stuff in terms of movies. You get these, the vacation movies, and you get Animal House, and I think another, another bit in there. But I mean, what's funny is they're ridiculous, but you wouldn't think they came out of the mind of Harvard graduates. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Granted, I don't, I don't know if uh, John Hughes went to Harvard, but he did write this, and I think he wrote the first <clears throat> vacation movie, maybe even the first two or three or something like that. How many vacation movies are there? All I think there's four. Vacation. There's four. N- there are four not counting the reboot. So what is it? So there's there's vacation, there's, vacation, there's European vacation, Christmas uh, vacation, okay. and yeah. then Vegas vacation. The European was the one I couldn't remember. It It's not my favorite. <laughs> Mind you, I ha- I've only seen this one now. And yeah, you haven't you now. hadn't seen any of the vacation movies yeah. up until this Last episode. Night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> up until seen, this episode. Yeah. I'd only seen like clips. Yeah, okay. And I'd heard people so you, quote things. And, exactly. I mean, this is considered for many, including myself, uh, a holiday classic. Like this is one that, you know, every year I I throw I I have it on DVD. I throw it in every year at least once. I mean, this year alone watching it with you I think was like my third time this <laughs> Christmas season. So, <laughs> I mean, it's this funny. is this is one of my uh holiday yeah. faves. It's funny. The only movie I can think of watching well, I guess regularly over Christmas would have been like Elf recently and I'd say in the last Maybe the last 10 years. Maybe oh, Elf more, is on that list for me, too. I think Don't I've get me watched wrong. that a lot now. But I, I remember it's when so it came good. out. I, but I remember when it came out, I didn't really like Will Ferrell that much. No one did. I, and I was. No I one watched, did. I watched it a few years later. They didn't even want and, to make it with Will Ferrell. That's the whole point. <laughs> like, nobody wanted him. And, but what was funny is, like, I watched it a few years later, and that would have been after, I think, Anchorman. 
Yeah. Anchorman. Like, mind you, it's weird because in that year, he he was in old school, which I thought was funny. Not like the funniest movie at the time, but that movie really grew on me later. And then, and then Anchorman, which everybody like, everybody who saw that in theaters thought it was like the funniest movie ever existed. Well, with Anchorman, he definitely hit his stride. Yeah. And then, um, right. He was, he was playing that. I went back and watched Elf and I thought that was, yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's funny though, like with Elf, like just the making of Elf, because technically if you go looking at it, um, Elf is the first movie that Will Ferrell is the lead in. Is it? It is. He's a supporting player in old school. He's one of the ensemble, but he's not a lead. Well, and then well, and then and then Anchor no, but Anchorman came out after Elf, mm-hmm. and that was like you know, but Elf is his first like lead role. He was the, the lead, yeah, where he carries old, the entire movie. So, old school was technically like Luke Wilson's story. Yeah. Technically, but it really was the three of them together. Well, it was more of an ensemble piece because of the three of yeah. them. And then, well, and there's Night at the Roxbury, which was like him and Chris Kattan. They don't really count that, though, because it was a bomb. <laughs> Elf yeah, is his first was, success. And that really was just playing off of two existing characters. Exactly. Like so this was anyway. this was his own. And he was he was he was a. Uh, it, arguably, though, like Night at the Roxbury was more Chris Kattan's movie than it was Will Ferrell's. If you go, yeah, looking, I mean, if you go looking at it and rewatch that, uh, I can't remember. I don't know why I remember this, but it's much more of Chris Kattan's story than it is Will Ferrell's character's story. Cause, well, cause, well, no, I think it's more like you sort of are supposed to sympathize with Chris Kattan. Because Will Ferrell becomes the character that decides to grow up and not right, doesn't he? Like yeah, but I mean, acting like them exactly. Like the but you you do follow Chris Kattan a little bit more than you do Will Ferrell's character. Yeah, right. So but Elf really, being his original. Anyways, we're on this wild tangent. We're not even talking about this movie specifically, <laughs> which this movie has another connection to another mm-hmm. holiday classic that we grew up with, which was Home Alone. So that connection and the craziest thing about that connection. So this whole movie is all based off. If you've watched any vacation movie, it's, you know, either they go somewhere. This is the only one where they actually stay at home and they have actual family members come to their house and they host Christmas and anything that can go wrong goes wrong. Okay, so. But what I'm trying to get at here with the connection to Home Alone, aside from John Hughes being the writer of both films, was that Chris Columbus, the director of Home Alone, was actually originally supposed to be directing this. And there are some of Chris Columbus's like exterior shots and stuff that were used in the final film, if you were to ask Chris Columbus. But a lot of his stuff was not there because there wasn't much to do what had happened was he went into like one or two meetings with Chevy Chase. And, and if you know anything or heard anything about Chevy Chase in Hollywood, he is not the most pleasant guy to deal with. Let's put it that way. He can be a real jerk. Yeah. So, so so we've heard, so we've all heard. I mean, if you follow anything with community, I wonder, right. I mean, I want to know what he actually does. Cause some of it, it's like, I've heard it's his behavior sometimes on set. It's um, just things like his, com- like, is it his comments? I don't really know. I think it's an entire like combination of certain things. But with this specific story, cause I heard about it was that he went into a meeting with Chris Columbus and basically pretty much straight out said, I'm not really going to listen to you because you have not directed anything before this. Cause Chris Columbus what? at that point, at this point in Chris Columbus's career, he hasn't directed anything. He's oh, wow. only written, like he's written Gremlins, which right. was a hit, but he did not direct it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that was uh, Senor Spielbergo. Um, but yeah, so he's like, okay. So like right away, because John Hughes was producing this, he's like, I, I can't work with this guy. Like he's not going to listen to me. John Hughes is like, okay, I'll write you a new movie. <laughs> and like, that's how Home Alone was born. 
<laughs> I, it's funny because I thought Home Alone came out of uh, the. It was like a vehicle made for Macaulay Culkin. That's part of it. Like he, that's he part of it. But whatever, it was because. And... But part of it was because though, um, John Hughes had worked with Macaulay on Uncle Buck. Yeah. Yeah, and he was like, right. "I want to write a movie. I want to make a movie kid. for this kid." And yeah. when they were looking for the director, this situation kind of fell into John Hughes's lab, mm-hmm. where he already had a director waiting to do something else that already wanted to do a Christmas movie. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you don't want to do this one here. I have this one here. Do this one. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that's that's its wild connection and how these movies are sort of intertwined. And it's just amazing to say to see if you look at a lot of the most popular 80s movies, there's one man who has a certain credit on it, and it's John Hughes. Yeah. Like he was like he was the king of the yeah, he like anything he pretty much put out in in that era of the 80s was a hit. Yeah, it's either like a hit or at this point a cult classic. Oh, Hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, sixteen candles and uh, Be- Breakfast Club and like all that. Like, uh, it's it, it it's funny are, though. Yeah, they are John staple. Hughes's last major hit, like that was like monster hit, was Home Alone. But he didn't direct that one. But he wrote it. But he wrote it. It's he like wrote anything it. that hit his footnote on it. Exactly. Yeah. And the last one that had like the biggest impact was Home Alone One. Where that was like number one for fourteen weeks straight, yeah, or something. That was, that was huge, you know. It's it was. I mean, and that's not to say that this wasn't huge because this was a big deal too. But I don't know if it had that same sort of box office clout. I it, feel there's like no way. I feel there's like no. this has more of none of the vacation movies are that level. No, I think I think that the vacation movies have more of a bit of a, a cult ish following. Would you say? See, the like they're successful. They're successful movies. enough, but there are uh, people that like specifically. I will say with Christmas Vacation, though, there mm-hmm. are a lot of people, and I know a lot of them. I mean, my roommate is one of them. He sat down and and you know he watched the movie. Like it seems like he sits down every time I'm I'm sitting down to watch it. Like he loves that movie so much. As I much as I do, fun. even. I think it's one of those things where these are movies that probably were not made on a big budget. No, so. it's it's it, like you said, it's 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 a very of its era. No, but it's like it's like you look at in a comparison to let's say John Wick right now. Like this is a very loose comparison, but John Wick, those movies are made for like between thirty and fifty million dollars. So that move those movies bring in a <clears throat> hundred million. I think the last yeah. one brought Okay, I get I get what you're trying to say. So million dollars. So it's making six times its budget. So even if this movie wasn't like a crazy home alone 14 weeks straight hit, if it was only made for a couple million dollars, but it brought in like you know 80 million dollars worldwide or something, mm-hmm. it it's a hit. So then they're like, yeah, they're it's making money. So of course they're gonna make they're gonna make sequels. And remember this like the 80s, 90s, well, this was made in 89, so it probably came out on video in well, 90s. Well, arguably, this this specific uh, vacation movie is the least expensive to have been made, if you think yeah, about it. there's no, there's no, uh, there's no set, or there's no um, location. There's no, yeah, there, it's, it's, and if there is, it's like a few exterior shots here or there, and the rest of it is all in soundstage. <laughs> it's him going down a hill them around trees uh, like, <laughs> like it's it, it's it's funny enough they probably used maybe like uh i i read somewhere that the house that was because it was all done on the lot so the neighbor's house is actually murtaugh's house yes that's amazing. <laughs> from lethal weapon yeah that's the neighbor's house <laughs> that's, so that's amazing there you go yeah and like so this movie is is definitely not one of those major budget busters, but this is uh, so I want to get your opinion of it because again, this is your first time watching this. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm on a different stage where I have watched this a thousand times over. Yeah. So I'd argue my views on it are a little bit biased. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And just so a touch. I, 
I guess I gotta say like a couple things. There's good things and bad things from my end, but at the end okay. of the day, it's rare. I don't know. I found it rare where I'm legit like laughing at a movie. Right. You know, I had there were so many moments where I was like, actually, this is hilarious. <laughs> you know, and especially I can't even think of that many Chevy Chase vehicles that I've watched where he's the star. And like I, I can't think of many at all. Actually. I'd argue the the vacations and maybe was that that Fletch, sure, where he plays him. the private detective dude. I mean, yeah. you can't yeah. really you can kind of count Caddyshack, but he's not really the lead in Caddyshack. Yeah, that's what it. I haven't watched a lot of his movies. Um, Mind you, I've seen him in like Community, and I've seen him on yeah you know, later in his career, early too. SNL sketches and stuff like that. Like, yeah, <laughs> and I think I've seen it. Maybe he had bit parts in movies. Like there was that terrible. It was this bad. It was it called Zoom or something? I can't remember. It was this like superhero movie made in the early two thousands with Tim Allen, and Chevy Chase was in it. I, I can't remember if he was like a scientist or. Something so it's like I've seen it. I couldn't tell you, man. Um, yeah, no, it was it was wasn't last like movie I can think of Chevy Chase being in that wasn't a vacation movie was Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh yeah, he was in that. Where he plays the maintenance guy for the hot tub. Right. Okay. So yeah, and then <laughs> the, I did see that uh, yeah. I saw that ten years ago, whenever it came out. Yeah, and then I think he did a, a Norm McDonald movie where he's like a doctor who has gambling debts. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. It's like every every scene, every scene you see him in, he's got another injury, whether it's like his arm in a sling or he's got a cast on his foot and he's just so Chevy Chase. But yeah, so I guess it's it's funny that like Chevy Chase is a name in Hollywood. People he's been he's had a career for over 40 years. I mean, well, I the, the the um, vacation franchises are built off of his name. If you think about it, their success alone. Well, he's yeah. His face is the 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 draw, like in the posters. It's I mean, what you see in the background of me is like the whole family. But his that, but face is the biggest. He's like the centerpiece of the whole image. Yeah. But, but I can recall very vividly going to like the local video rental stores, and there's the actual poster of him in the Santa suit being electrocuted or whatever. Yeah. And that was it. That was the only poster, the only cover of the VHS. That's all you saw. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it had to have been drawn on his name. There was no Beverly D'Angelo. There was no, uh, you know, obviously none of the kids because the kids weren't big names at all. The kids are no, none of the kids are the same from movie to movie. Yeah. And so with this one, you have Juliette Lewis, who a year later, I'm I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's a year or two max, but I'm pretty sure it's a year, is in Cape Fear. Like, yeah. Um, This is 89. What year did Cape Fear come out? it's either 90 or 91. So. Either way, it's close enough, right? So like, this is, I think, her first big movie. Yeah, and then she has a career for 20-plus years, 30 years. She still know? has a career. <laughs> She's been consistently working since this movie. Johnny Galecki being in, you know, Big Bang Theory and Roseanne. Yeah, you know? and now the and now the Connors, he's made some uh, cameos on that, yeah. Well, like, I mean... Doesn't mean he's had a steady career for. Yeah, he's their- had a steady at least TV career. I can't think of any movies he's done, but again, he, again, he was in that what you did last summer. Oh, was he really? Oh, he got got. <laughs> he got. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. Oh, it, it's it's fun. it's funny though. Like a TV actor in in one era would have been considered a failure. But yeah. now to be a TV actor, you're working consistently and you're making like good money on the go. Well, I'm pretty sure for the last latter half of the 2010s, him and Jim Parsons and Kaylee Cuoco were the highest paid actors. Actually, I think all five of them, the five leads, were the highest paid actors on television. That's uh, huge. That's huge. And I think what changed it was Seinfeld and Friends. That era, sort of, you saw, you yeah, you well, saw Tim the turn. Made more than Jerry Seinfeld. Okay, but again, it's it's sort of that same era, right? Yeah. From no, like think- Home Improvement and you know Friends and uh, even Cheers, like that sort of era, like the 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 heyday of the sitcom, sort of changed it where like you could be a TV actor and still considered 
brilliant or still considered have made it. It because was there was that whole thing. If you were just on TV and you didn't get into movies, you hadn't done anything yet. Well, right? it, yeah, it's so strange because that even, I feel like that's still relatively recent where people can make the jump back and forth from TV to. But you, you see it now because in so many ways, right? I mean, because of streaming. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think Netflix is a huge help. It it's made it a lot more prevalent now. Yeah. Netflix for sure, because then you'll get like these you know shows with like these massive movie stars mm-hmm. on like a sh- uh a ser- on a show. <laughs> yeah. So it's wild, but yeah, but, I mean it's crazy to think that you know this kid, for example, in Christmas Vacation, he. Uh, the last couple last couple seasons i'm pretty sure big bang theory the five leads were making because you know first of all a million an episode is crazy like that's ridiculous because they're making 20 plus uh episodes it's crazy to think that this guy will be a bigger will make more money than the guy who's starring in this movie yeah but they made more than that because i think they were making they they flat out made just 30 million a season that's massive that's huge. That's insane. Half-hour sitcom. It's insane, but that is what Hollywood is now. Um, but, yeah. and other other things you had about this movie. But yeah, going back to this movie, it's like I really enjoyed it because there was, you know, again, you know, there's the classic humor, the slapstick, the slapstick, the someone getting horribly injured is always hilarious. To be honest. <laughs> um, I mean, there, it, it, again, it's a product that, of the that bit, where, and it's like one of my favorite bits in the entire movie, where they're in bed together and they're just talking about, you know, um, Beverly D'Angelo says, "All oh, my parents just said they're 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 coming for Christmas too," and like they're having that whole discussion about it, you yeah. know, and how he's just slightly ignoring what she's saying, <laughs> and she's like, "It's about my mother calling." Uh, accusing uh, of buying cheap hot dogs and your mother accusing my mother of waxing her upper lip. And he just stops with your mother waxes her upper lip. She has for years. Doesn't show. (laughs) But but that's not even the best part about that bit. Yeah. It's just watching him with that magazine because he's got the sap on his fingers. It's such a because of the tree. Yeah, but wash your hands. Wash your hands. <laughs> but that's what I mean. It's just it's so it's so ridiculous that his hands are still sticky. I don't know if you've ever gotten sap on your fingers, but even after you wash them, sometimes you still get a bit a little bit of stickiness. Not obviously not that sticky, but anyways, it's just funny to watch him just flipping yeah. through with that magazine and trying to turn the pages. And then when he goes to kiss her goodnight, his hand gets stuck in her hair and he does like this whole arm crossover thing to like shut the lamp off and he pulls both her hair and the lamp together. <laughs> See, you know what I It's such a Chevy that? Chase bit. That's what I love about it. What's funny about that is like nowadays people would run too long with that gag. Yeah, oh, 100%. You know I mean? So I like that it just ended with that because you know, like you want to know what happens after because obviously she's gonna roll more or something and feel her hair being pulled. Yeah, like like, the lamp is gonna like something else is gonna happen that's gonna be way worse. But we don't <laughs> see it. It's just cut, and then the next day it's like, nope, it's all good. Like her hair is fine. You can't even tell that anything happened to it. Is that- <laughs> like, I was like, I love. For me, I always found that funny when it's intentionally done. Like, you know, something happened, like in a cartoon, like Family Guy, someone loses an arm, and then the next scene, it's like it's back because it's just like, nope, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's just not for the reality. joke. It's just for the joke. Oh, totally. And that, that, that was the entire, that was the whole bit with this movie, right? And it's where, just yeah. so funny. When I, I because think it was that, so subtle. Where I think that sometimes that's the, that is the benefit of this movie. Where it's weird though, because that whole thing with the with the sled, I actually felt went way too long. Oh, the <laughs> I feel yeah. like it could have stopped in traffic. But no, yeah. then he keeps going. He uh, I, I was like, okay, it's funny because like, I thought it was hilarious. Or it could have just been you see him zoom right away. That, that flash and that was it. 
you could have seen the reaction like you could hear a bang and you have the reactions like oh like that's it but it went so long and you know sometimes i guess you take that gamble so and it's still funny though like it was it was funny uh that scene for my for me is just um randy quaid's cousin eddie yeah where he starts explaining to him why he doesn't want the the grease on the bottom of his sled and he's like yeah, you know that metal plate I got in my head? Well, it happened that I had to get it changed because, you know, every time Catherine would run the microwave, I'd piss myself and forget who I was for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> but he just starts to explain why he doesn't want to get his head injured. Because yeah. <laughs> he's like, if I get this part dented, my hair is just not going to look right. <laughs> I want to know. I'd be curious to know how much of this, if it was all written... Or if there was improv in this. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you know, Chevy Chase with his background and even Randy Quaid being a former Saturday Night Liver himself have have, have to have a little bit of improv. Yes, oh. Randy Quaid was on Saturday Night Live. Your face looks confused, but he was. I didn't know that. When? He was like in like the second or third cast. So Chevy's in the first cast and I think like wow. Randy Quaid was in that those weird years in the early eighties where they had like Robert Downey Jr., Randy Quaid, you know, really? Julia Louis Dreyfus. I feel like oh. Julia Louis Dreyfus and Randy Quaid were in the same cast together on SNL. It was a short lived cast because they got all changed out like, like right Eddie away. Pardon? That's like Eddie Murphy days. Or it might have been just after Eddie Murphy. I'm not sure. Like it's in between, right? Interesting. Yeah, so that's why, um, like, so I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, did takes that were scripted, and then they also did takes that were just, like, straight-up improv. Although, apparently, I heard that John Hughes was not a fan of actors improv on his uh, sets, on yeah, his that movies that he writ, that he had written. He goes, it's perfect the way I wrote it, why would you change it? Yeah. Right. So he's got you got that ego um, sort of working ahead on that. But I don't know how much how mm. involved he was with uh, this movie. But again, it's also like it's also Chevy Chase. And are you really going to tell Chevy Chase what he can't and can do? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's one of those. Right. Uh, yeah. Hmm. But it, but it's funny though. It's if it is improv, those exchanges between the two of them are what really drive the movie after a certain point. Yeah, because you can only do so yeah. many like specific sight gags and like pratfalls. Yeah, right. What's so for me? I guess what worked, but also didn't work for me. Like I gotta give it both because mm -hmm. again, I found a lot of the comedic elements in it. Like this is a comedy anyway. Worked. It was all funny, but it's like I I do like the awkward humor, you know, like The Office, where it's or the uncomfortable humor, The Office, Dinner for Schmucks, stuff like that. Where yeah, it, it is uh, Meet the Parents. Like I like those movies. But it is really uncomfortable. And there are moments in this that, again, like this is, again, it's a product of the 80s where all this crap happens to a guy. He snaps and then people get mad at him for snapping. But I'm like, okay, so <laughs> more family than he thought was just showed up at his house. Yep. You know, <laughs> his tree burned down. His lights don't work. He he, he he his wife's cousin emptied raw sewage into a storm drain in front of his house exactly <laughs> his his dog demolishes his like, his wife's cousin's dog demolishes yeah, the house demolishes like at least the living room yeah um and then he he expects to get this bonus which he doesn't get at first anyway and he was only using the money for the family, like it's not even he was doing it to buy himself a, a car, like a sports no, car. Exactly. He's doing it to buy to put in a pool, and he didn't even make it seem like 
it's my pool. He's like, I'm giving you all a pool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he loses it. Like he just loses it. And people are getting mad at him. I'm like, do you not see the chaos that you all Which cause? I think is why, because so this is why it's not like a typical 80s movie in the sense that you get that scene with him and his dad sort of explaining, hey, it's okay that you snapped. It's It sucks, but it, it's nothing, you did nothing wrong type of thing. That whole conversation between him and his dad. And it's like, and how he asks is that you seem to keep everything together, like in your head. How did you not like freak out? And the joke that, you know, uh, I think it's John Rudolph or Randolph says, I had a lot of help from Jack Daniels, who is the original Frank Costanza, by the way, if yeah. you did not know. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so it, and, and I think that scene sort of changes it because you see a lot of other movies where all that stuff happens, people get mad at him, but there's kind of no real resolution other yeah. than he does something to redeem himself. Yeah. This didn't have that. This was almost like that conversation, that yeah. conversation sort of helped sort of like bring us back to what, where Clark Griswold has always been and always is that his intentions, this character's intentions are always good. In terms of of show of of having a good time with his family, I mean the only the only selfish aspect, and this is a stretch. The only selfish aspect I could see is that it's he wanted the big Christmas, like he wanted it to be right, like he because he wanted to be like in control of it, I guess, or to show everyone how uh, how great of a Christmas he could make it. Like, and again, like I said, that's a big stretch, and you do kind of see that a little bit. And again, like the one thing I don't like is when he gets the letter <clears throat> and he's going to open it in front of the family, <laughs> like everybody you, who does that, like nobody. Yeah, that's nobody, a little weird. You know, like I, I would feel so uncomfortable whether it's good or bad news. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's different if it's like a kid getting into university, like you see that all the time, like, you know, in movies, whatever. That's cool. But this guy. Cause we were trying to figure it out. Like he could be getting a $10,000 bonus or, <clears throat> or something like that. Regardless, and, it's, it's, it's probably it's like, supposed to be a good bonus. Like, what is he going to do? Open this. I got a $10,000 bonus. Yeah. And meanwhile, you have his wife's cousin living in a trailer with two kids and a dog. Like you're going to wear that. Four kids. The other, the older two weren't in the movie. <laughs> right. Okay, so like four kids, but like you're just going to wave that in front of their faces. I felt that was an odd choice. Like he could have just said, thank you, taken the letter and just put it away. Yeah, but then it doesn't set up for the the no, the, but, the climax of the movie. But exactly. That's the whole point. Like it's yeah. done for that whole aspect. It's done for, for that purpose. It's, for. it's just it's done for that. The purposes of that. So like that yeah. to me is one of the few things where I'm like, eh. Like that's, uh, but as far as that goes, I mean, they're just, it's like the, it, it's, uh, it's on the borderline of nitpicky for certain things like that. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's yeah, also exactly. just, I think a product of the era that it was released. Exactly. And there's even right. elements of, you know, Christmas Carol in there. Cause you have to throw in the boss that doesn't <laughs> pay people. That's mean. And then he has a change of heart at the end. Oh man. Uh, the, the best part about that. And, I didn't notice it. My roommate did where all of the gifts when Clark goes in to bring, you know, Mr. Shirley, his Christmas gift, they're all the same thing. And I looked it up and it's odds are it's like a desk organizer for like pens and stuff. Is that what they are? <laughs> that's what, that's what, that's what IMDB says that odds are that's what they are. Cause that's what they were shaped like back in the 80s. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> it's just like a desk full of, it's like a table full of desk or- organizers. And he's just like, how he, I love how the boss never gets his name right. Yeah. Like, never. He's called like, him Paul. Mark, Carl, Carl, <laughs> Greaseball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And that's also, that is very 80s where the boss is in this. Like his room, why is that? His, is that his office or is that a conference room? 
It could be I'm, both. I'm pretty sure it's his office. Yeah, where, but it could be both. But it's got that like 90. It's like got that desk from that bit on Family Guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where Stewie has his own company and he's got like a yeah. massive desk. Yeah, and then his boss desk is even bigger. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like the same thing. I think the same year, like Batman came out, right? The Tim Burton one. And him and Vicky Vale. Oh, the dinner table there. bit? Can you pass the salt? And you know, like it's one of, but and, and we noticed that coming to and that coming to America did the same joke. With, right, the, yeah, with the ridiculously long yeah. table. <laughs> they, no, didn't, didn't they have to use megaphones in that they one? Used, they used an intercom system. <laughs> an intercom. And, yeah. and, and I remember you and I both laughing our heads off when, you know, the parents started to freak out that he he's got up over. and walked over. He's like, oh, my God, he's coming here. What do we do? <laughs> like, and I, but again, see, they legit played that for a joke. Just yeah. like even Batman played that for a joke. Yeah. Odd, where this one it's like nope. I mean, it is a joke in just the the sight gag. They don't even comment on it really. It's just him standing. Which there. what? Which is I think arguably can make it just as funny, if not funnier, yeah. if you don't pay yeah. attention to it. And it's and it's subtle thing, it. but it's it's another thing too that you don't see it as much anymore in the comedies. I'd mm. say where the subtle gag is just if you're paying attention to it is just as funny. As the in your well, face gag, I wouldn't even say this is subtle because it's so big. But it's the <laughs> fact that they don't comment on it. Like it's there. It's it's the elephant in the room that you don't comment on. Yeah, but yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> and even Chevy's reaction, like his really awkward smile, expecting <laughs> his bonus, like he's just kind of gritting his teeth. Yeah, yeah. Like his smiles opening the jelly, like just his, uh like you can tell you hates the world at that moment <clears throat> so i mean anyway I'll, yeah I, i'm being a little nitpicky because again i'm only seeing it for the first time right yeah but no all in all it's it's a funny movie like everything about it is funny <laughs> i didn't expect randy quaid to kidnap the boss <laughs> like, i was like where did that come from because i didn't even realize oh yeah man. you know you see it see they foreshadow it because then you see you know, when he's going off on that rant, right, about what he wants for Chris after getting the jelly thing, they mm-hmm. cut to Randy Quaid's face and he does the shifty eye look. Yeah. Oh, true, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he did it for him. And, yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> it's But, again, it's one of those things where it's... Uh, it, um, it works out in the end. Like, you know, there's the hardest yeah. boss. Everything's gone wrong. And then it works out in the end. And, you know, even the boss says, get your bonus. We did last year. Add 20%. And he like, just faints. And yeah. And because, again, you're assuming that, I mean, he said he put $7,500 down on a pool and he really needs the bonus. So I was guessing 10 grand as a bonus. And then it's maybe still 20. a lot of money. It's probably, it's yeah. actually thinking about it now, probably more. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Fifteen grand plus twenty percent. Like that's and again, if you're relying on that kind of money, that's huge in one check. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like that. That is ridiculous. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> uh, we didn't even talk about like the whole dinner scene where a lot of things officially start to just snowball and go horribly awry. Yeah. Starting with that turkey. Oh, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was such was a like, stupid on, psych no. gag. Like, I guess that's another thing. I was like, come on, really? Like, you're going to do that? Like, because it just like. <laughs> yeah. It was so dry. It just like exploded or whatever. <laughs> you know, I, again, it's like it's one of those, I guess, like, again, that's for the joke. That's Yeah, it was just for the bit. And you could hear them eating it too. <laughs> it was oh, so crunchy. I'm like, oh, oh, dang, that's that's rough. That's rough. <laughs> and then, yeah, the whole thing with the cat and the, yeah, yeah, everything just goes awry right then and there. What was it Uncle Lewis? 
Uncle Lewis. That character is one of my most favorite characters because he is such a horrible person. Mm-hmm. It's like, first thing he says, he goes, Clark, your Aunt Bethany and I, we thought of the perfect gift for you for this year for Christmas. He's like, oh, Uncle Lewis, you didn't have to get me anything. He's like, damn it, Bethany, he guessed it. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a jerk. He's the worst. Again, he, who lights a cigar right beside right beside a, a tree? <laughs> a very flammable tree. Like, who does that? <laughs> Just, and who doesn't say anything? Like, again, that kills me. The Rottweiler gets in the trash. And this, you know what's funny is, like, a movie like this, too, um, and, like, other movies. I think Lethal Weapon. Well, no, not Lethal Weapon 3. It's weird how they make these Rottweilers, you know, people would think they're this vicious dog. And I guess they can be if you really train them like that. But they're always puppy dogs. They're, they're like big teddy bears. I love Rottweilers. I know. He, the, the snot was pretty cute in this movie, too. Oh, he was cute. and But, you know, until he has to go destroy it. But same thing, even Lethal Weapon 3. You gotta. He but starts- here's the difference, though. Snot was chasing a squirrel, which is any dog. It doesn't matter what kind of dog. Like no, even my that. even my parents' old golden retriever would have made that much of a mess yeah. if no, there was a squirrel in the house. That's very true. But one thing you know, as a dog owner, you would go for the dog first because Fair. it was it was a while before the squirrel started running around that the dog went. So you would grab your dog. But you again, though, it. again, Clark was not the dog owner. <laughs> No, but Randy Quaid would have grabbed the dog. He was already gone. They even say they even make the joke, where the hell is Eddie? He usually eats these damn squirrels. And his wife oh. says, Oh no, because you know, he okay, read that squirrels wife, are high in cholesterol. The wife, somebody would have You expect grabbed. Catherine to pin down that dog? Are you crazy? I don't know. The dog seemed the dog actually seemed pretty like obedient. He was a good pup. He seemed like a good dog. So it's like if you just grabbed it by you know, the collar or something. I agree. I agree. He was, he was a good, uh, the the point is what you're, the point you're trying to make is even Rusty could have reined that dog in and they just didn't bother. Yeah, pretty much. Like that's another, like, because again, he seemed like he was probably like, you got to say this, this one thing, like that dog clearly was taken care of, you know, regardless of how poorly Randy Quaid and his family lived, they took care of that dog. Oh yeah. So when they go to the grocery store, all Randy Quaid puts in the cart is like different types of dog food. Exactly. He like, even so- crushes like a pack of light bulbs. Did you notice that? What's that? So Chevy Chase puts light bulbs in the cart and then Randy Quaid just turns around with this big bag of dog food and just smashes the bulbs. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he crushes the light bulbs. Another thing like with the family. So, uh, did Aunt Bethany's voice sound slightly familiar to you? I'm going to ask. Aunt Bethany. The older lady. The older one. She did. She you want to know why? We've already done a movie with her voice work. She is Betty Boop. Or, sorry, was Betty Boop. Oh. From, like... The first Betty Boop cartoons all the way to Roger Rabbit. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, and this, funny enough, is her last film role. Which they played every old person, like, cannot hear joke on her. <laughs> they did every one of them. Wait, every single one. Just, Did you say Grace? Grace? She's dead. <laughs> she died 30 years ago. No, can you say the blessing? And then she says the blessing. I pledge my <laughs> or, uh, or as uh, she gets, or as they're getting to the house, she's like, is your house on fire? Uh, and yeah, so I mean, it was. Uh, like it's not every day you move into a new house. This house is bigger than your old one. Like, no one moved. What are you talking about? Uh, who is the guy with uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus? Who is that actor? Because I feel like I've seen him in things. And I, 
you know who he is. He's Christopher Guest's like brother. Really? Yeah. So that's why you kind of figured out who he was, but not really. Because he looks a lot like his brother and Christopher Guest you've seen in all kinds of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Let yeah. me tell you. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, I'm again, they played good foils, you know, those two. Yes. The, yeah. I, the one thing that bugged me again, this is just being like nitpicky, but how come the father-in-law kept insulting Chevy Chase? <laughs> kept insulting Clark. The and little lights the aren't twinkling. And like but, yeah. Clark's father never said anything. Uh you know what I mean? Like I or or Beverly D'Angelo never said anything. That's that would have bugged me a little bit more. That Beverly D'Angelo, like, you know. I, to be honest, I think both. Like, if someone... if No, if someone see, here's, a, here's the thing. Here's I'm the in the thing. room? No, no, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, Josh. I'm saying from my experience, I wouldn't want my father to get involved because it's not his place, first of all. No, but it's even not. If it, but even it's if it's me, I would... My father has no place getting involved. My significant other, on the other hand, should be the one who intervenes and interjects yeah. and says something. Because there's a few things. The father-in-law is insulting him in his own house, in Clark's house. The father-in-law yeah. is insulting him. But still, like, it's not like you it's, don't it's have a, to want your father to be involved. It's almost like it's a, it's, a, it's a trope, though. Right? I mean, for, for, for the handful of people that do experience that issue... Of having not the best relationship with their in-laws. Mm-hmm. There are also the same amount of people that don't have that problem. But, but I, in but film and television, is- though, it's always that way that the oh, yeah. father and the, the father the father in law and the son in law never get along, and the mother in law and the daughter in law never get along. Even though for a lot of instances it is not the truth, but it's it allows for comedy, let's say, or some sort of tension. Yeah, I'm just saying though, for me, if it doesn't matter who, if someone is insulting my kid, I'm gonna want to in- say something. Doesn't matter. Want to say something, and I, I insult mean, your kid on a regular basis to her face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? You're still that tall? Why aren't you taller yet? What's going on here? She thinks you're just pretending. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the truth is, I'm not. <laughs> no, it's just I, again. I, I like just curly hair. Don't you know like curly hair's out? <laughs> just as a guy, like that's another thing too. Like, I as don't like, know. It's it's not. I I, I I get it. I get it. It's but both it's not your dad's. It's not your dad's or your job to interject. It's not. No, I get that. It's 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 it's, it's an issue. It's it's a family issue that needs to be discussed. If anything, Chevy Chase should man like uh, like Clark should man up and say something. I but my problem- which which you get a bit of it where Clark's where where Art does say one thing and then Clark just snaps and goes, "Don't piss me off, Art," and that's near the end when he's already snapped. But yeah. you could see Clark just grins and bear it because. But see, the he thing knows is, better. Here's, here's my other point in that, though. I feel like Clark wouldn't say something because he doesn't want to make his wife upset. Exactly. So, no, but exactly. that's exactly yeah. so that's why he it's up to be- it's up, it's up to Ellen to say or, something or the other dad. No, the man, the other dad does not get involved. And that's that, what I'm that, that causes like, more trouble than actually fixes anything. That causes a lot bigger trouble. The other dad says nothing. I suppose I figure like he could still be no 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 the other dad the Clark's dad says nothing and it's the right move it's the right move it's the right move it's none of his business he has to insult the guy no no at all like say nothing no 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 that causes even more tension that's unnecessary Uh, it's the right move not saying a thing it does 
Trust me. I don't know, man. Trust me. I don't know, man. Trust I'm, me. I don't know. I don't know. Don't come into my house and insult me. I do it all the time. I'm not talking about you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I insult you. I insult you with your parents. I gave you that pass, though. Free, free to insult anytime. <laughs> like, mentally. Like, there have been times when I'll be sitting at your kitchen table with your mother and father, and the three of us will take turns tearing you a new one. I know, and that's when I drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys, um, <laughs> we've hit to the point in the show where we judge these movies and rate them out of five ginger snaps. So, Josh, since this is your first time watching this, uh, how many ginger snaps do you give National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Uh, I give it a, a solid four. Fair enough. That's fair. Yeah, it's funny. It, um, yeah, I mean, again, for me watching an older movie for the first time, uh, I had it had legit laughs. I thought everybody played their parts well. Yeah, it was it was it was a solid fun movie. All right, um, I'm gonna go with a four and a half again, mainly. So, I know, right? For the, sort of the same reasons of last time, where there is that nostalgia factor for me. I mean, this is one of the comedies I grew up watching at Christmas time, even though I probably shouldn't have which is a, the truth for a lot of movies over the years when you think about it. Uh, this one isn't as bad. I mean, it's a little bit more family-oriented, let's say. I mean, other movies don't... Like, this doesn't have any, like, you know, F-bombs or anything like that. Maybe one. Maybe one. <laughs> does it? I can't even think of that. It does. It does. When uh, Chevy Chase is yelling at, it, at everybody before they leave the, before they try to leave the house... Right, I think yeah. this was a, this had to have been a PG thirteen movie. It was, it was, it so it so was. Yeah, uh, PG thirteens are allowed one f bomb. It got the one. And that's it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is always I've always thought of this as being a lot of fun and um, one of my faves. And yeah, so Josh, where can our good friends find any more of our? Instagram stuffs and you know other social media stuffs. Folks, if you want to find uh, Ginger Flicks, you can look for us on Instagram at Ginger Flicks Pod. You can look for us on Twitter at Flicks Pod, on YouTube at Ginger Flicks. And recently, we actually started a TikTok where we'll post um, certain videos or certain things about our upcoming uh, episodes. And that's also Ginger Flicks Pod. And remember, it's all one word, and it's spelt with that X, everybody. All righty. And once again, for Ginger Flicks, I'm Joey. I'm Josh. And thank you for listening. Ginger Flicks.